Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Have you ever been around someone who believes that the rules just don't apply to them? Of course you have, or you wouldn't be sitting here listening to me. But let's talk about this. This is people who, where you see a sign that says, do not trespass, and that means they have to step just one foot, just one foot past that boundary. Or do not touch means, well, just one finger that I can touch with. Even stop signs, they're negotiable. Stop signs don't mean stop. They mean to, you know, kind of slow down, and they, they do mean to look and pay attention. These are people that just won't honor boundaries. And this lack of honoring boundaries, it is very much so a narcissistic trait. Uh, if they won't follow societal rules, such as like, you know, weight in line or speed limits, then what makes you think they're going to observe other boundaries, like psychological boundaries, emotional boundaries, interpersonal relationship boundaries? Why would you think that they're going to listen and honor those boundaries when they won't even follow the rules of society? I'm going to tell you right now, they aren't going to follow your boundaries. They don't want to. They don't want to wait their turn in the coffee shop, and they don't want to take the time and put in the energy to talk nice to you. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast, and today we are exploring boundaries with a covert narcissist. If you are watching this on YouTube or listening to this podcast, wherever you are today, please hit that subscribe button, that follow button, so that you can stay current on the material that we are providing. But not only that, you then help us to spread the word to more people. You are vital in this mission to reaching our world of people just like you who are living in this nightmare. So what are boundaries? Boundaries are guidelines to live by, okay? These can be laws. They can be rules of conduct. They can be societal expectations. In order for people to live together as a society, there have to be some boundaries. You know, these are important. It's the ability to set and enforce these, and, and they can be laws, like I said, like driving. So we got red lights and stop signs and one-way streets. They can be property boundaries such as, you know, do not enter, no trespassing, keep out. And there's negative results when you don't honor these. There's, you know, tickets, fines, um, there's car accidents when you don't honor the driving boundaries. Maybe no one's willing to ride with you anymore. That can even be a, a negative result of not honoring boundaries. Civilized societies are based on these laws. They keep people safe. You know, if we're going to drive on the roads, we got to stay safe. They protect each other's personal property and space. They help society to function more smoothly. And um, some boundaries are not laws. Some boundaries are more just kind of rules of conduct, such as, you know, saying thank you and please, or talking with respect and courtesy. Uh, maybe giving people their space, you know, no unsolicited hugging or touching, how close we sit or stand, you know, around people, maybe not using swear words in certain company or not telling, you know, off-color jokes, dirty jokes in, in certain company, no calling or texting after late hours at night. These are societal expectations. They're not laws, but they're expectations. And they also help a culture to move more smoothly and work more, you know, people to work better together in groups. 
And again, you do have negative results when you don't honor them. They might not be tickets and fines, but people are going to distance themselves from you. They might quit responding to you and just kind of ghost you. Uh, they talk behind your back about you. Uh, maybe they leave you out of social events. These are the type of negative results that come from crossing you know, societal boundaries. Well, some boundaries are really clear. These boundaries are, you know, wait here to be seated in a restaurant. That's communicated on, you know, by a sign on a post. But some boundaries aren't so clear. These boundaries are more psychological boundaries or relational boundaries. They become kind of gray and murky and much more complex. So these are the ones I want to talk about. Psychological and relational boundaries, these are the, the boundaries that happen in the relationships between people. This is what helps you to know where I end and where you begin. You know, it, it separates people. It's a clear line between my identity and theirs, between my likes and their likes, my interest and their interest, my hobbies and their hobbies, even my emotions and their emotions or my responsibilities and their responsibilities. And these boundaries, you know, taking responsibility for my own behaviors and my emotions and not taking the responsibility for their behaviors and their emotions is part of this boundary. So let's talk about emotional boundaries, not being obligated to be mad at someone because they're mad at someone. So like if my husband was mad at his mom for something that had happened between them, I was obligated to be mad at her too, but that's not okay. That's that kind of in, enmeshes our emotions. And when there's boundaries there, I'm allowed to have my own emotions and my own moods and not obligated to match his, you know, I'm, I'm not obligated to be being drawn into his frustration and his moods. And my mood is not contingent on his mood. You know, the environment in the house, is not, does, I've always said, it doesn't need to be set by the meanest person. Why is it that the meanest person in the house is the one that gets to set the mood all the time? Well, one of the boundaries is no, I get to be a part of that too. And my moods and my emotions and my feelings, they matter. Uh, another emotional boundary is not being made to feel small, inferior, or bad about my own feelings. And I have a right to my feelings. And that right is stolen in these relationships with narcissistic people. It's stolen or at the very least, it's attacked. How about intellectual boundaries? You know, holding to my own beliefs, my values, and my ideas. I'm not obligated to give them up just because they don't agree with yours. You know, if, if my, my thoughts and my opinions didn't match with my husband's, it wasn't worth the price for me to voice my own opinion. And so I was kind of, in essence, obligated to agree with him or obligated to give mine up. And his opinions and thoughts became more valuable than mine. Another boundary is a boundary with your time, allowing yourself to go to bed at a reasonable time, you know, when you want to, when you choose to, and not somebody not abusing your time. You know, walking away from a circular conversation because you don't want to spend your time that way. Giving yourself permission to say no when you don't want to spend your time maybe watching a movie and it's okay. You're allowed to walk away and go, I don't want to watch that because it just doesn't interest me. And or maybe not wanting to tag along when they want to run errands. But your time can get abused. 
Some boundaries are even more specific about the relationship itself. So physical boundaries, you know, please don't touch me when I'm asleep. I want to sleep. And when you touch me, it wakes me up. That's, that's a boundary. Uh, maybe I'm not comfortable with that type of sexual activity, but they push you to do it. Or please allow me to have some alone time when I get upset and they refuse. They won't give you that space. How about verbal boundaries? Please don't compare me to my mom, you know, when you know how hard that relationship was and they just won't honor that. Please don't raise your voice at me or belittle me or call me names. Please, you know, talk with, to me with, with maturity and respect even when we disagree. These are verbal boundaries. Setting boundaries is healthy in a relationship. Okay, you have every right to ask for any of these and to expect them to be honored in your primary relationship. None of these are unreasonable requests. It's not as though you're asking them to worship the ground you walk on in front of your friends or to agree with every word that comes out of your mouth. That's not what you're asking for. You're just asking for the right to your own space. Now, we don't have signs for these types of boundaries. We don't hold up a sign that says, talk to me with respect. You know, not like, you know, wait here to be seated or take a number or stop signs. So these types of boundaries can get really tricky and complicated. We have to be the ones to communicate them and to enforce them, but that's not easy. You know, these are emotional boundaries that give you space for your own emotions, not only to exist, but to be cared for. Intellectual boundaries that give you the same space for your thoughts and opinions to be voiced, considered, supported by others. Time boundaries giving you the right to spend time as you choose. Physical boundaries, you have a right to decide how your body will be treated with physical activities in which you engage and even the ones that you choose not to. Verbal boundaries, you have a right to decide what you're going to listen to. Now, you will have consequences for setting boundaries with a narcissistic person. You know, some people just don't like boundaries and they might get angry at you. They might reject you and they might judge you. But the people who don't want you to have boundaries are the ones who are benefiting from, from you not having any. Listen to what I'm saying. The ones who don't want you to have boundaries are the ones who benefit from you not having any. This is no different than laws that are being made because of lawbreakers. Laws aren't made because of the people who honor laws. They're made because of lawbreakers. No one is allowed to fish in that pond because of the bad behavior of one person or a little group of people. You know, the kids at school, no one's allowed to bring, you know, snacks to school because of the behavior, the bad behavior of a few. The rules are made because of a few selfish, entitled, uncaring individuals, not because of all the ones who treat each other with respect. We have to set personal boundaries because of the bad behavior of a few. A few who want to take advantage of others, who only care about themselves, and who hold no respect for other people. The rules were not made for the ones who are treating others with respect, or for the ones who are taking care of the property where they were fishing, or were keeping their snacks, you know, in their mouth or in their bag and not making an issue with it. We don't have to set boundaries for those who treat us with respect and give us the space to be ourselves. We don't because we don't have to. They're not the violators. The narcissists are. So why is it so hard to set boundaries with a narcissistic person? Because they don't want you to have any. It's that simple. They don't want you to have boundaries. And they firmly believe that the rules don't apply to them. 
So they won't listen to stop signs and do not enter and wait your turn. What makes you think they're going to listen to please talk nicely to me? Please don't yell at me. Please don't curse at me. Now, what happens when a narcissistic person encounters boundaries in society, a line that they don't want to wait in, a stop sign that they don't want to stop at, a private property that they want to cut through, a dirty joke that they want to tell an inappropriate company? What happens? They do it anyways. Narcissists are like the child who pushes all the boundaries to the limit. That child who has to stay up just one minute past bedtime. Just one, just to prove that they can. When you tell them don't touch that, whatever it is, they have to touch it just a little. Okay, just to prove that they can. Well, if they will not follow laws and rules such as stop signs, speed limits, and keep off the grass signs, what makes you think that they're going to honor your boundaries? So this is how it goes. They stomp on your feelings, violating a boundary that you never even knew you needed to express. Okay, I'll give you an example. Our son's birthday party at a public environment, we're playing in this uh, Nerf dodgeball facility. It was like a big cage we were in, and, and we had these cannons that were shooting Nerf balls at everybody who's in there. And, and we're in this environment, and I was shooting him with this cannon, and he aggressively, loudly yells at me to knock it off, stop. What? We're playing in an environment at a kid's birthday party. I didn't know that I needed to set a boundary of, hey, please don't talk to me that way in that environment or any environment, okay? It was so inappropriate. And so you try to set a boundary with them and you try to be as clear as you can using the most compassionate, clear words that you can possibly come up with. You know, will you please not yell at me like that? Next time, just ask me to stop. I'll honor that. You know, can you please maybe not be on your phone at dinner? That's a reasonable boundary. Can you please not compare me, like I said earlier, not compare me to my mom when you know how difficult that relationship is? These are reasonable boundaries, but they won't work. They're not honored, and they either are straight up ignored, or they say they'll follow them and show absolutely no effort. They seem to have no intent to ever actually honoring boundaries. And the more covert the abuse, the more they give the appearance of respecting your boundaries. They might say, of course, I shouldn't do that. I don't think I really even like yelled at you, but I'll pay more attention next time. They might give the appearance that, you know, your boundary is reasonable. Or they might say, I really wasn't on my phone that much, but I'll keep an eye on it. And yet they do absolutely nothing to change. They will give the appearance that they care which causes you to let your guard down because you believe them and you give them the benefit of the doubt, but the abusive behavior simply continues. And you feel like you, maybe you didn't do it right. Maybe you weren't clear enough with your words or maybe you're being too sensitive. And so the boundary violations continue and over time, people stop trying to enforce boundaries with them. Some walk away and honestly, very good for them. Good for them, you walk away from the situation or you leave the relationship. But many stay trapped. They give up standing up for their own boundaries and they just quit. They quit trying to care about their own personal, you know, needs, thoughts, opinions, feelings. They just give up. This can go on for years and even decades. If this is you, you've tried to implement boundaries. You've heard that you should. Maybe you even agree. And maybe you've gone so far as to blame yourself 
that your boundaries aren't strong enough, that you weren't clear enough. You've thought to yourself, if I had just had better boundaries, then our relationship would be good. Stop. Listen to me. This is not your fault. We don't need to practice setting boundaries with people who are genuinely caring and respectful of us. Just like I said, the laws are not for the people who honor and respect each other. The laws are for the lawbreakers. You don't need to practice setting boundaries with people who are genuinely caring. What does that tell you about this person that you are now trying to practice setting boundaries? That they are not genuinely caring and respectful of you. I have no problem with you working on setting boundaries. That's not what I'm saying. I want you to work at getting better at it. But this is not your fault. The fact that you need to set boundaries with your spouse, that's not your fault. If you need help on this journey, please reach out to me. Go to my website at www.covertnarcissism.com. Look me up. Send me an email. You can email me at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G, like Covert Narcissism Group. Just hearing that it is okay to stand up for your thoughts and feelings, in fact, that it's healthy, That's a huge boost on your journey of discovery. Next week, we're going to be exploring why covert narcissists have such a hard time with boundaries and what to do about it. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.